What is the purpose of a first verse? What makes a first verse a good first verse? What responsibilities and jobs does a first verse have in the context of the rest of the song? We're gonna talk about all those things right now. friend. Welcome to another episode of Songwriter Theory, where our goal is to all work together to write more meaningful songs that can better reach others. And today we are talking about how to write a first verse. This is going to be the first um, podcast in a series where we are going to be talking about all the different parts of a song, like a first verse, chorus, second verse, stuff like that. I might even go so far as to talk about pre-choruses and post-choruses. And then one of my personal favorite um, parts of a song that are not very often used. And honestly, I don't even think it has a real name, but I call them finales. Uh, We might even talk about that because I'm a huge fan of those as well. Um, But Today, we are talking about first verses because that's where the song kind of starts, right? Is with that first verse. So first, we need to zoom out a little bit because we need to think about, okay, what is the purpose of a first verse, right? If you've been with me for any amount of time, if you've been following Songwriter Theory for any amount of time, I'm a big fan of sort of of zooming out and thinking of the bigger philosophy, right? Because a lot of people get too nitty gritty into like rules, like, oh, a verse should only be like 30 seconds until the chorus. Like, well, why though? Like that, that might be true, but if it's true, it's probably indicative of something else, right? Other than like 30 seconds, 30 seconds is just an arbitrary amount of time. Who cares? But it's really important to think of like, okay, well, well, why is it we're sort of in a rush to get to the chorus? Well, probably because the chorus is sort of the highlight. And if a verse lasts for too long, it can start to feel draggy and people will lose interest, right? Like there's a deeper meaning behind any rules we might make. And in general, I think those type of rules can be a helpful place to start, but you really need to understand why those rules are there. So we're sort of trying to zoom out a little bit and talk about, okay, What's the purpose of a first verse? And in my opinion, in the most simple of terms, the purpose of a first verse is to capture the attention of the listener, right? It's the first part of your song. It's the introduction to your song. And, you know, it's it's a lot of people think, and I am inclined to semi-agree at least, it's hard to pick a most important line in a song, right? Like, I think it depends and all that, but like the first line of your song, which is usually the first line of the first verse, is often regarded as the most important part of your song. And if it's not the most important lyric of your song, it's at least dangerously close. It's very important, right? Because you want to hook that listener and be like, oh, okay, I'm going to pay attention to this song, right? If they're in the car and they're listening on the radio, you know, you want them to turn the volume up, not to be like a whatever and start talking over the song, right? Because usually when people first hear a song, they might give it a, a shot, but you get to capture their attention before they want to move on, right? So um, you want them to be intrigued, right? You want them to want to hear more. You Again, that that mental image of like, you want them to be like, huh, then turn up the volume, not to turn down the volume or to just talk over the song or to not even notice that the song's changed, right? Um, so think of your first verse, 
like the pilot of a TV show. What do you think makes a good pilot of a TV show? Well, first thing it does is it introduces the characters, right? Gives you some reason to care about the characters usually, right? Because if they just introduce a bunch of characters nobody cares about, then, you know, who cares, right? Another thing that they do is they start to, they usually introduce the plot that is is going to happen over that next season. Sometimes even they'll sort of, the the pilot will introduce the main conflict that might be over an entire show, right? So it sort of introduces the characters. It introduces the story, right? Like it, 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 it sort of tells you the story that's going to happen. And, and, you know, for a TV show, it also introduces you sort of to the, 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 the world of that show, right? If it's a sci-fi show, for instance, it might, it might sort of introduce you to like, okay, here's, here's the state of the universe right now. Here's the state of the galaxy. And a good pilot intrigues you enough. And sometimes often at the end, right? Like it, 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 it gives you characters, sort of makes you care about them gives you some intrigue so that at the end of the first episode, you're like, oh, oh, okay. And then you just want to watch the next episode, right? Like that's effectively what a good pilot does, right? It doesn't say, oh, well, that was good. And then you forget about the TV show for the next three months, right? You want to say, oh, that was good. Give me more, right? I want more now. I need to see how this resolves, um, which is why, you know, usually there's some sort of cliffhanger at the end of a, a pilot. Very often, especially for a more plot-driven show, right? A sitcom sort of has different rules, but but for a plot-driven show, that's very true. For example, show I've been really into lately, it's so good, is The Expanse, which if you don't know what it is, it's it used to be a sci-fi show, but now Amazon Prime uh, started producing the last season of it. And um, it's, it's basically a sci-fi show, a hard sci-fi show that... Uh, takes place in the future where Mars has been colonized and now Mars is kind of its own country, if you will. And then the U the, the world is all under the UN, or at least it seems that way. So it's like the UN, AKA the world Mars. And then there's the belt. Um, so anyway, without any spoilers, the first episode does a pretty good job of like introducing you to those three players, introducing you to the characters and sort of gives you intrigue of the characters like, Hmm, what's their motivation? What's going on here? What's, 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 you know, are they a good guy? Are they a bad guy? You know, what, what's going on here? And then at the end of the episode, they also have something happen. That's like, like what just happened? Like it kind of blows your mind. Like, Oh, I, I didn't see that coming. That was very sudden. And then it makes you want to watch the next episode, right? So that's, that's an example of a good plot, or sorry, a good pilot that makes you want more, right? A great pilot grabs you so much that you basically decide this is your new show, right? So for me, that pilot almost sold me on the whole show and there's four seasons, right? So a good pilot makes you watch the next one. A great one makes you like, all right, I'm committed to this show now. So a, a great first verse or first line makes people like, well, I'm I'm in for the rest of the song, right? I'm I'm hooked. Whereas a good one will at least get you until the end of the first chorus, probably. So practically speaking, right, your job with your first verse is to grab the listener. 
So what makes a first verse a good first verse? Well, I think a good first verse basically accomplishes two things. One is that grabbing of the listener, right? So we talked about that. And the second thing is to set the stage for the song that's coming. So back to the pilot example, right? It should make you curious about where the story is going or what is going to happen with the character, right? So a first verse should sort of give you that like, hmm, I wonder where their story is going. Is this a story of of heartbreak? Are we headed down that road? Or is there some twist coming where like, I don't know, the, the character learns that, you know, love is about commitment and it's not about what they thought it was before, right? Maybe the character at first thinks that love is about something fleeting, like, oh, she makes me so happy. But at the end, they learn it's about the meaningfulness of a committed relationship or, you know, whatever. Doesn't matter what it is. Um, but but you don't want that, oh, that was cool. And people to never come back, right? Like, oh, that was an interesting first verse. And then they turn the volume down at the chorus or the second verse, right? That's not what you want. So your job is to hook that listener and make them care about the story that you're going to tell, or at least to be intrigued enough to, to give it more of a chance to eventually care about that story you're going to tell, right? Because um, the chorus is probably where you're going to end up actually relating to the listener, right? Because the verses are sort of where you get to be more specific and talk about a story in in less vague terms usually, which sometimes is harder to relate to, right? Because if you're talking about, you know, a girl with brown eyes and brown hair, now everybody out there who's not interested in a girl in, with brown eyes and brown hair, right? So that's three things, right? Girl, brown eyes, brown hair, right? That's pretty specific, so anybody interested in a guy and anybody interested in a blue-eyed girl or a, a redhead or a, you know, blonde or anything different, right? All of a sudden you've alienated them sort of in the verses, which I think is fine because the, the chorus is, is when you're going to, which we'll get more into the chorus for that episode. But the chorus is sort of where everybody can come together and relate usually. Um, so your job in that verse is you're setting the foundation of the song, right? You're sort of giving the listener a bit of like what to expect from the song. You're introducing the character. You're probably introducing the perspective of the song. You're probably outside of twists or whatever. You, you're probably, um, you know, people more or less in that first verse should learn what they're signing up for, right? Is this a, a happy song? Is this a bitter song about, you know, somebody that you don't like, um, dealing with? Is this uh, a song re revolving around a love story, the dark side or the light side of that? Like, generally speaking, people should know, right? It's like usually the second you hear the intro music, you know what genre the song is, right? So once the first verse is, is through, you should sort of figure out what this song is about. Is it about struggling with depression or is it about being in love with somebody, right? Like you should probably know the answer to that by the end of the first verse, because otherwise what story have you introduced? None. Um, so the listener should, should absolutely know by the end of the first verse outside of having sort of a twist at the end or whatever, but generally they should know what song they're, they've signed up to listen to what type of song, what sort of what the song is about in general terms by the end of your first verse. Another important thing Practically speaking, your verse musically sort of needs to build towards the chorus. Now, I'm a little hesitant to say builds towards the chorus, and here's why. 
I don't want you to necessarily think that that means you need to ramp up the energy all the way to and through the chorus in a way that there is no clear step up in energy in the chorus, right? I personally am, am a huge fan of a tiny first verse, right? Very few instruments, not much going on, and then jumping up to a massive chorus because that sounds really epic, right? It has this grandiose large size. That's fine. But the story needs to still be building towards the chorus, right? It needs to make sense when the chorus comes in. It needs to make sense musically, for sure, but it also needs to make sense lyrically for the chorus to come at that point. So you're sort of, whatever that chorus where your sort of main uh, thoughts are, probably in that chorus, right? Your themes, even, if you want to call them that, are going to be in that chorus. So you need to be setting that up in the verse, right? Like, this may seem obvious, but if you can't have a heartbreak song in the verses and then a song about, I don't know, how much you love donuts, as silly as that is, whatever, just something clearly different, right, in in the chorus, right? That's just, no, right? Like, whatever your story is in the verses, whatever that story arc is, needs to be building towards those choruses because the choruses are your main theme, right? Like there's all one song. This isn't five different stories. This at the end of the day needs to be one story. Even if say each verse is taking a different character, a different point of view, the chorus is where they all unite, right? Because it might be about, I don't know, different types of hardship. So you tell one story of hardship in the first verse, a completely different character's story in the second verse. But at the end of the day, they're all centered around hardship, right? So the first verse still needs to build towards, oh, this course makes sense, right? It's not like, wait, what does this have to do with the song that we were just given? So really, you really need to make sure that whatever is going to be in that chorus is a, is a sensical follow-up to what you have in your verse. Or more specifically, you know, your verse needs to lead into that chorus. So let's get a little bit more specific. So you want your verses to contain enough information to move the story. So that's because that's where you're getting information, right? Because usually, again, let's lose this zoom in, zoom out sort of thing. The chorus is sort of when you zoom out, right? Like th think of choruses almost like, you know, the fight scenes in movies, right? The verses are those little bits of dialogue and the story and the character development that makes you care about the fight, right? So like, I don't know, say when Captain America and Iron Man fight, you know, if you're not given reason to care about both of those characters, then you'd just say, why are two heroes fighting? Who cares? Whatever. But you have like a bunch of movies that sort of taught you to care about each of these characters, taught you about these characters. And then that movie itself sort of builds those characters even more so that when they fight, it's meaningful. Otherwise, a fight scene just looks cool, right? Similarly to a chorus, a chorus might just sound cool or sound exciting, but ultimately be empty if the verses, and that starts with that first verse, isn't giving you a reason to care, isn't really developing a, a story or developing a character so that you care about what is in the choruses. Because otherwise the chorus is just like, oh, that's cool. That's a cool melody. I dig that. But like ultimately a song's going to fall flat if you're relying on that. 
And then I made fun of the 30 second thing. And that's because there's a lot of other people out there that teach songwriting, especially those. And I know I sort of poke fun, um, but the, you know, everybody who thinks they have the formula to write a hit song, right? It's like, well, then why, why don't you have like thousands of hit songs? If it's just a simple formula and anybody can do it and you know, you just can pump them out, then why haven't you? It's funny how that works. Um, also just, I mean, look at the radio. Isn't it obvious how to produce a hit song? Be lucky enough that somebody who's a pop star does it, right? Like it's clearly not about the quality of the song. I mean, very clearly. And and a ton of the songs then break the. It's just, anyway, whatever. Point being, lots of people out there will tell you like the new thing is, you know, because we have less and less of an attention span. You got to get to the chorus within 30 seconds of the beginning of the song. And I say, that's a fine rule if you're trying to write a hit song because you don't care about writing just good, meaningful music and you're too busy concentrating on the end goal instead of doing what you should be doing, which is writing a good song, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, to live with yourself as an artist, you should want to write a good song. And you know, I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan, right? So I'm not, that doesn't mean you don't, you can't want huge commercial success too. I just think that, but you should do it the right way, right? Because you can be a Christopher Nolan who writes genuinely great films, makes brilliant films that are also a heck of a lot of fun to watch and are huge box office hits. Or you can be, you know, whatever his name is, um, the guy with explosions, why am I forgetting his name? Transformers guy, Bay, Michael Bay. Or you can be Michael Bay, who cranks out movies that make tons of money, but nobody even really likes them that much. They're made fun of. They have too many explosions. They don't have a good plot. Nobody remembers those things except for, like, not fondly, right? Like, people remember his films as, oh, ha, ha, look, so many explosions, right? Is that really what you want? And if so... Don't listen to this podcast because this, this this is not for you. You should. I'm a big proponent of that Christopher Nolan philosophy of creativity. I have a whole podcast and blog about that way back in the day. Um, so go search for that for for more on that. But anyway, um, but outside of making fun of the 30 second thing, which by the way is ridiculous. If you have such an attention span that you need the chorus to hit within 30 seconds of the beginning of the song. Like, just come on, come on. But I do think generally you probably want to get to the chorus before a minute or very shortly after a minute, because there does come a point that something just feels like it drags, right? If the whole first season of a show is just set up and there's no climax of any kind, you're going to get bored, right? And then you'll never give it the chance long term and why should you right because there are other shows out there that are entertaining even while they're building right so if it's boring and the jokes don't land for the whole first season and you're like where's this even going why are you going to continue to watch that so we do have to blend like art but also some amount of practical right because at the end of the day our art isn't going to move somebody if they don't give it a chance so there needs to be some level of like okay but there's a reason why there's not a successful artist out there that has a song that's just like scratching on a chalkboard for 10 minutes, right? Like there, there's a reason for that. 
right? That's because well, that wouldn't be art. Um, just like the song, I don't know if you know it, but there's like this song that is like somebody just sits at a piano for like four minutes and 12 seconds. I forget what the timestamp is, but it's the name of the song as well. Um, and that's just the song. Like they don't play anything. They don't do anything. And like, it's actually in some like music classes, they like talk about it and like ask if it's art or not. Like it's not. Let me just put my opinion out there. That's not, that's a bunch of garbage. And the guy, congratulations. I think it's a guy, uh, bamboozled a bunch of people to listen to nothing and talk about it as if it's art. I don't know. I'd like, I, I half expect this person to someday be, I don't know if they're still alive. I don't know how old they are or anything, but to just be like, haha, I got you all. I proved, I showed you anecdotally how your whole art thing is a load of garbage, which by the way, I don't think it is a load of garbage, but sometimes, sometimes when people get too pretentious about things, it really starts to backfire because eventually they hit this wall of like, okay, now you've gone too far. It is not art for somebody to walk up to a piano, sit at it and then walk away. It's not like this shouldn't even be a discussion. It shouldn't. It's silly. Anyway, another tangent. Sorry. So, so this is why it's a podcast, right? I get to do this. Yay me. So again, main point of all that was you generally do want to get to your course before the, before the minute mark or around the minute mark. Um, now this can change depending on how long your intro is or whatever, but um, you can have a double first verse, right? That's pretty common where the first verse is like twice the size of the second verse. I think that's really common in, in songs that only have two verses because you really do want to try to have sort of that three act structure in your song. Uh, two bits of information about the story is really often not enough. Now, sometimes that third bit of story information might be in the bridge, right? First verse, second verse bridge. Um, but, um, often to, to get more story out, to get more information out, uh, it can be helpful to sort of have that double first verse, which I think is fine as long as you build it in a way that it musically stays interesting, right? Because one of the traps of a verse is that it can, it's, it's usually the reality, unfortunately, right? Is, you know, as much as I try to maximize, make every part of my song great, there, there's something about the chorus that's what, like, that's, there's a reason that the chorus is the one that repeats a lot and is the highlight of the song for most people, right? Like, because with very little exception, it feels like a failure when you like the verse of a song better than you like the choruses, right? It just feels wrong, because the, the idea is sort of like, well, the chorus should be better than the verses, right? It's not that the verses need to be worse than the chorus, but the sort, sort of just the byproduct of, of the importance of a chorus, right? So, um, so I think it's fine to have that double first verse. And verses tend to be more wordy. So this first verse is a good chance to sort of use vivid imagery and, and sort of use beautiful storytelling with your words because in the chorus, you're usually going to have longer held notes, which also goes with fewer words and is just going to be more general, right? So your chance to zoom in on a story and get really specific and get really, you know, some, some great, interesting, intriguing imagery 
and then to sort of tell a story off of that imagery, your chance to do that is really in the verses. That's the, that's the power of the verses is in their storytelling ability and their ability to zoom in and tell a very specific story that you usually aren't going to do as much in the choruses. So at the end of the day, right, your first verse and verses in general are sort of a setup for the chorus, right? I said this before, but you probably won't care about the climactic fight scene in a movie at the end of the movie if you don't care about the characters, right? Because then who cares? Do you even know who the good guy or bad guy is? Who are you supposed to cheer for? You don't know the answer to any of that, right? Because you don't, you don't even know what's going on. You just think, ooh, laser beams. Fancy. Um, so if you don't have a reason to care who wins, then why do you care about the fight, right? Even, even in some stories that the characters just aren't well-developed, and even when you do know who you should cheer for, right? So let's go back to Transformers, right? It Sometimes, like, with those movies, it was just like, oh, I'm over it, right? Like, it, it's a cool fight, but I, I just don't care. I know how it's going to end. And, you know, the rest of the movie was just sort of meaningless garbage meandering its way towards a final fight that's supposed to look cool and have good explosions, right? I don't care. Similarly, if you have meandering verses that sort of don't have a point, aren't telling a cohesive story why do we even care about the choruses right what's even going on here um and and then another little tip i find it helpful to have more interesting instrumentation in the verses often i've talked about this before but i'm a big fan of like piano what i call piano riffs or piano hooks however you want to look at it um i see them slightly differently but that's a discussion for another time um or, or for a guitar, right? Like I, I, I prefer to have just some bit of a, a hook or a more interesting riff. Like outside of, I don't just usually like playing block chords for verses. I'm fine with that in choruses because I think in choruses you have all these different instruments sort of layering together to create this large, cool sand soundscape. Um, but in the verses, you usually don't have that luxury, right? It's usually just you and the guitar and, you know, maybe one other instrument or you and the piano alone with maybe some sort of synth background, right? So the fewer instruments there are, the, the more interesting they kind of have to be to hold the listener's attention in some ways, right? That's not necessarily true, right? Like there can be sort of intrigue even in something as simple as block chords if they're done right. And it sort of depends on the nature of the song, right? Maybe your melody is so interesting or so good that that people don't really care about the riff as much or the background music as much, however you want to look at it, the arrangement. Um, so there's exceptions to any rule, right? But generally, I do like to think of like, okay, the verses are really the part where I should have the more interesting instrumentation. Not that it shouldn't be interesting in the chorus, not that it wouldn't benefit from being more interesting in the chorus, but the reality is in the chorus, practically speaking, it's going to get more buried, right? Especially with the recording. Whatever is the main instrument of the song that you hear in the verse is probably not really that main instrument that you hear in the chorus. Like you still do, but now there's like layers of all these other instruments and you sort of lose sight of that, right? So little pro tip, try 
to write something musically interesting with whatever your main instrument is. Guitar, right? Try an interesting little guitar riff. Do some finger picking, maybe. Uh, do something a little more interesting rhythmically than just strumming chords. And not all the time, right? It does depend on the song. But in general, um, lean towards coming up with a interesting riff for your verse. So I hope this was helpful because we're having a whole series like this to talk through each part of a song to really think about, okay, well, what, what, what is the point of this, right? What was the job? What, what should I be thinking of as I'm writing this? Um, next week will probably be the chorus. And if this was helpful to you and you're ready to start writing a song and you're thinking to yourself, all right, well, time to start writing some lyrics, but you don't know what to talk about, or you have some lyrics written, but you don't really love them, and you're sort of wondering, why am I not super happy with these? Why do they sort of fall flat? Um, In that case, go pick up my free guide. I have six steps, lyric writing checklist. It is, first of all, a checklist that you can literally print out, but then it also goes into detail on all of those six steps and what you can do um, to sort of ensure that you go from an idea, which ideas are cheap, right? There are a bunch of great ideas out there. But to go from idea all the way to a really great song, uh, really great lyrics that you can be proud of that pass that that uh, framed on the wall test, if you will, that the idea that it's so good that just as poetry framed on the wall, the lyric stands on its own without the help of music. It doesn't even need it, which to me is the ultimate goal that we should have for our lyrics. If you want that, Pick up that free guide directly below in the description. If you're on YouTube and you haven't subscribed, be sure to subscribe and click the notification bell. I will have new podcast videos out every single Monday. Right now, there's actually even more coming out because I'm sort of retroactively putting the audio of all the old podcasts up here on YouTube slowly but surely. Um, But after that, it will go back into just once a week with now the video podcast. And then at some point, I do plan on doing videos that are not podcast videos, but regular videos. So be sure to subscribe if you're interested in learning how to write songs, specifically learning how to write meaningful songs. And if my sort of thing about like, forget trying to write a hit song, which I, again, I think is just a lie anyway. Um, You know, if you want to write meaningful songs that sort of help you are therapeutic for you and can help other people and move other people genuinely, not just like, Oh, that's a cool summer bop song. Like, okay, whatever that resonates with you. Great. You should subscribe because you see things the same way that I do. Also, if you enjoyed this video, be sure to drop a like. If you are listening via podcast, thank you for your support. You've probably been around for a while now. I know some of you have been around since podcast number one, which is now over a year and a half, which is awesome. If you're wondering what you can do to help spread the messages that we're spreading here on Songwriter Theory about songwriting, learning how to songwrite, and writing meaningful music. Best thing you can do to help is to leave a review on iTunes, preferably four or five stars if you feel like you can. If you feel like you can't leave four or five stars, then maybe don't leave a review. Um, but email me instead at joseph at songwritertheory.com to tell me how I can improve to earn four or five stars from 
you. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for watching. And I will talk to you next week.